Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. Got a very, very fun guest for you today, and I think this is just a special episode for a couple different reasons. But the first one, I think, is this is something new. We've, in the seven, eight months this has been going, we've had chefs, we've had restaurateurs, we've had COOs, bakers, food truck owners. We've hit a lot of different areas of the food spectrum, but we have not had like an entrepreneur who has created their own product on here yet. And that's why I'm so excited today to bring on Bob Haney, the owner and creator of Heavenly Waffles. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule to interview <laughs> me, someone you know who who isn't you know a, a well known chef in Omaha for sure. You are well known and becoming <laughs> even more well known because the more people that I talk to, the more say, "Hey, yeah, I've heard about this Heavenly Waffles thing." That's that's awesome. It's it, we're starting to kind of get we're starting to get more known i guess we're i think we have more recognition outside of omaha mm-hmm. um just because we distribute nationwide um we do do a lot of corporate events which is kind of our bread and butter at least it, it has been um we're starting to get into um the foods more into the food service industry because we got picked up recently by performance food group um who bought out reinhardt foods kind of jumped over U.S. food, so now they're number two in the country as far as behind Cisco, as far as distribution. So that that's going to help us a lot. Okay, so I want to set the stage here, and in doing so, introduce the second reason why I'm so excited to have you on, and that is I am a waffle fiend. It is my favorite <laughs> breakfast food. I absolutely love waffles. Like, for anyone who's watched the show Parks and Recreation, Leslie Nope's approach to waffles and her devotion to them is pretty similar to mine. So when I found this product where it was like I could have waffles and they're delicious and they're healthy, I was like, okay, sign me up. So isn't that crazy? As a way of introducing that, just kind of introduce us to Heavenly Waffles. Tell me what makes Heavenly Waffles different. Heavenly Waffles, 40% of our mix is a dry yogurt. Mm -hmm. Um, Only 110 calories per waffle. Which is incredible. Crazy. Seven grams of protein, um, actually eight, because once you add the egg in the directions, you have to add an egg. So that's another gram of protein per four-ounce waffle. Um, low in sodium, really low in sodium. Most, most waffles, at least our leading competitors, at least 350 milligrams, some up to 1,000 milligrams of sodium. Ours are 125. Um, low in carbs, 19 carbs, and high in protein. So, um, and the fact that our batter holds for four days, if you noticed, and now I know you prob- probably ate all of yours every day mm-hmm. that you made them, <laughs> but if you mix up your batter on a Monday, it holds and doesn't break down and separate by Friday, you can still make them. So no other waffle mix in the world or pancake mix for that matter holds that long. Usually they break down after about eight to 10 hours. So mm-hmm. we're just, it's unique in so many different ways. And we mix them with club soda. Or anything carbonated. So you can actually also beer, beer, champagne, kombucha. I don't even know if I ever pronounced that correctly or not. Is it kombucha? Sure. (laughs) I I, I don't drink it, so I I don't know, honestly. um, We'll go with it, yes. You can LaCroix, any of the flavored LaCroix, that bubbly, um, Mm -hmm. Coke, 7-Up, Dr. Pepper, whatever you want. Now, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I did. So we were doing a... uh, we were doing a, a catering at the Alpha Fee House down in Lincoln about a year ago, and a girl wanted gluten-free. 
Now we had a bag of gluten-free, but we didn't have, I didn't make any mix that day. So I said, well, do you have any club soda? And they didn't have any club soda. I said, is there any kind of soda in the house? So she went and got me a can of Diet Coke and I made her gluten-free Heavenly Waffles, Diet Coke Heavenly Waffles. And wow. she said they were amazing. So Cool. That's all kind, cool. It's so many different things to do with them. So I know that this is, this is something that you have spent years and years and years of your life developing. But I kind of want to go back to just the origin of it in that just typically waffles are a very indulgent breakfast. They're loaded with carbs. They're loaded with right. sugar. They're pretty heavy. They're starchy. And this is kind of the opposite. So what made you right. think that you could break that mold without sacrificing the integrity of what a waffle is? Right. So when I first started making this product, it was called Pan Crepes. Mm -hmm. And it was a pancake mix, pancake recipe, really, that I created using three ingredients of one recipe my grandma made, a pancake recipe my grandma made, two ingredients of a pancake recipe my mom made, and one of the ingredients was sour cream. Well, one day there wasn't enough sour cream in the refrigerator, refrigerator but there was yogurt, and I'm like, oh, that'll work. So over the years, so when my grand, between the time my grandma was 80 to 89, she lived in Omaha, I lived in Kansas City, and I would come up once a month and cook for her, and she loved that variation of pancakes that I made. So over the years, I traveled a lot working. Um, I was in Europe and I was in New York and Chicago, San Francisco. And everywhere I would go, I would make these pancakes for people, but I would never give that recipe out. Every other recipe I have, I was always willing to give away. Mm -hmm. I, I was not, never one of those chefs that was like, oh, I'm going to hold on to that. You know, it's, I'm not saving anyone's life. So anyone could stumble onto a recipe anyway. That's why you can't, you can't patent a recipe. It's considered, mm -hmm. it's considered tr a trade secret. Mm -hmm. Coca-Cola, um, Kentucky Fried Chicken, trade secret. So um, when I retired from my former career, which I modeled for 15 years, mm -hmm. um, I moved back to Omaha. I'd worked in some restaurants and just kind of got tired of, you know, the men. Nobody, when they start working in a restaurant, nobody wants to be a, a bar back or a bartender or a waiter their whole life. Unless you own the restaurant or you're the executive chef, it's not really a career. So I just kind of got tired of the mentality of, you know, showing up, not showing up, whatever. So I ended up incorporating and trademarked the name Pancrepes, started selling it as a batter, and I did that for about five years. I ended up about five years later going to Le Cordon Bleu, graduated from there, um, moved back to Omaha and started teaching at the culinary school here in town and for five years worked on converting my original batter to a dry mix, which took five years and four food scientists. Um, we ended up going into, we were in 250 high vs we were in Russes, we were in no frills. Here, I'll show you them. I'll show you the box. Even though it was a wonderful name, um, when we would go do demos, we would sell out. Um, but when we weren't there, they sat on the shelves. Mm -hmm. So people didn't really understand what a pan crepe was. It's not terribly difficult, but they just didn't. Plus, they were kind of hard to make. So after about five years in retail, we were on our way down to Arizona, and my daughters, who both played tennis at Millard North, their former coach, had moved to Arizona, and um, his daughter had gotten a waffle iron for Christmas. Well, his mom 
made pancake or waffles using club soda, bisquick, and egg and oil. And so she woke up one morning, the morning after Christmas, or Christmas morning, and wanted to make waffles, but didn't have any bisquick. And she was crying. And Dan was like, "Just we have some pan crepes mix. Just use that." So he made they he took pictures and sent them to us. And and ironically enough, my wife and I were on our way to Arizona. Um, and I looked at those, and I'm like, oh, my God, those look amazing. And we had made them before just using water, mm-hmm. but they were kind of heavy. Um, I, the club soda adds kind of some levity and some lightness to them. So literally, when we got there, we went and bought a waffle iron, mixed up the, mixed up the batter, made them. And when we got home, we got out of all retail, got rid of everything pan crepes, rebranded, and went went food service just because it was such a much better product and it just was it like you said it was so light and airy and delicate and so good now that's something that's really difficult to do because i mean pan crepes like i'm staring you took out the box there's a box of it right here like this is a brand (laughs) and all of a sudden you just totally scrap that like that is a really tough choice to make like yeah I mean, I, I just can't even imagine arriving at that decision where this thing that I've worked at for so long, oh, yeah. we're just, we're axing that name, we're going in a completely different direction, and we're confident this is going to work. How do you come to that moment? Uh, when I tasted it, I, it, was, it was like a light bulb in my head went on. Yeah. Because pan crepes was good, but Heavenly this Waffles was, was so much better. <laughs> and and it, we didn't directly go, so for, for about three months... We went from pan crepes to waffles by pan crepes. Mm-hmm. So we were doing a demo at Williams Sonoma, and a woman's eating a waffle, and she looks at the sign and she goes, "Do I need a crepe pan?" Because it was waffles by pan crepes. Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, no, it's a waffle. You need a waffle iron for heaven's sakes." Mm-hmm. And so at that point. We, my wife and I came home and I'm like, honey, we literally have to get rid of the name Pancrapes. And I would, like, like you said, I was holding on to that name because I had, it was, it It was was established. It was established. It was also, you know, something that I had made for my grandmother, who was kind of my rock and my foundation growing up. Um, So, and it was literally, so I had started that. I had, I had uh, trademarked Pancrapes in 04. And this was back in, so this was three, like 2017, 2016. Yeah, so we're talking 13, 14 years. Yeah, of work. So it, it wasn't, it was hard for me to let go of it. But then when, so when we came up with the name Heavenly Waffles, it was, I had said, if they, if they, if there is a heaven, they serve these there. <laughs> and because my grandma is in heaven, I was like, it was kind of a no brainer to. Perfect to call them heavenly waffles and they are heavenly Mm -hmm. for lack of a better word they are very very good uh now i want to go back to but what we were talking about before you were talking about how you you had the the mix but you wanted to or you had the batter excuse me right you wanted to make it a dry mix so it can be sold more easily sure people can just make it themselves right you said that took five years and four food scientists i think it you know it's it's one thing to just like hear that and just be like oh five years but when you actually think about it five years is a long time to develop a product what was that time like and was there ever a moment where you were just like 
I can't do this anymore. Like we, I just can't get it. It was, so it was frustrating in that the food scientists that we had given the original recipe to, I would have thought, you know, okay, here's the original recipe, mix it up, make it and try to mimic that. And they were so far off every time. And not, and not only was, were they off, but it was expensive. And mm, each mm-hmm. food scientist, I still had to pay them mm-hmm. to, to send me samples. So, so they would say the first place that I did it, I, I won't name any names, but the first place that I did it, they sent me like seven, seven different samples. And then none of those were right. And so I told them what I thought was different. And then, you know, three months later, they sent me um, like five more samples. And each time they would send me a set of samples, I had to give them more money. Mm-hmm. And so there was no return on investment going on because we didn't have a product that I thought was sellable. But each time we kind of got closer and closer. Um, however, each time I had to get rid of a food scientist because they just <laughs> kept sending me samples that were not, they were so runny. And mm-hmm. our batter is runny. I mean, you've, mm-hmm. you've tried it. And it's a lot different. One of, one of the most common mistakes people make when they're making it is that they think that it's too runny because it's not as thick um, as a normal pancake or waffle mix. So what people do is they just add more mix and then it just, then it's not going to work. It's not going to be, it'll still taste good, but it won't get crispy at all. Yeah. Um, so each time we had to change food scientists, um, it was, it was frustrating. There was a point when it was about 90% that I told my wife, Kathy, that I'm like, well, let's, this, these are really good we can go with this. And she's like, no. This isn't this isn't what they're supposed to be because there you was a, get it all the way there. There was a certain texture um, to the to the pan crepe that was distinct and unique. The taste, the food scientists, the four food scientists, the three food scientists, I should say, had gotten the taste correct, but they didn't have the texture correct. Mm-hmm. And so that when you try heavenly waffles. That's that's what distinguishes, I think, us from every other waffle on the on the market is that they're heavy, they're dense. You have a big dough ball in your belly. So much of it is flour, like you said, and, mm-hmm. and it just all of those carbs they wear you out. Whereas heavenly waffles taste good, but then you need a nap after. <laughs> exactly. One of, and one of our catchphrases is it won't slow you down. Mm-hmm. So um, when we were out in Los Angeles pitching. In the end of February, a, uh, a national chain, um, that was kind of one of our selling points is that it won't slow you down. And it's a, it's a major breakfast restaurant. And, um, and so th- that was one of our selling points to them was, you know, if people are coming in here for a breakfast and they're eating your waffles, they're going to be really tired. Plus the waffles that they sell, they're the one that has um, a thousand, like 98 yeah. milligrams of sodium. And that sodium as well slows you down. Yeah. So, um, it is a lot of salt for heaven's sake. So it's just, they're just so different and they can be sweet, savory, hot, cold breakfast, lunch, dinner, appetizer, dessert. Um, we're starting to work on a pre-made frozen, 
Um, Interesting. We're going to do heavenly waffle buns. So the waffle iron that I bought has 15 waffle irons in a circle. And it kind of goes around. And as it goes around, there's a bar that lifts it up. And then the bar that kind of shuts it. Um, And the first 15 waffle irons, each of them make four waffles per per go around, um, is waffle shaped top and bottom. And the second set of waffle irons is flat on the top and waffle shaped on the bottom. So um, we're going to be doing heavenly waffle buns for like breakfast sandwiches. Wow. Yeah. So I definitely, I want to get back onto that point because heavenly waffles can be like, it's a waffle mix, but it can be used for so many more things. So I want to get back into that. But okay. before we go there, <laughs> I'm a tangent guy. I go all over no, the place. No, no, it's all good. I love tangents. This show is all about tangents. Um, I need to know. So you you know you have all these these frustrations over the five years and the different food scientists sure. and, and you won't stop at ninety percent you want to get to hundred so what is that like what's the aha moment where you just taste it and you're like this is it we found it well and you know what was amazing is that once we got to the hundred percent it was more like a hundred and ten percent because oh, yeah. it was because they were even so. So we're still at pan crepes because the pan crepes dry mix is the same dry mix as the Heavenly Waffles dry mix. It's just different mixing instructions. Um, the the it, it was better than the original ba- uh, recipe. So my wife and I just kind of looked at each other and we're like, "Wow, these we are broke these the are amazing!" Yeah. Exactly, we did. We broke the code. It was like we got it. Yeah, it was it was amazing. And and then that process of you know, it was such a relief. It was like this giant gorilla off my back of something that I'd been working on for five years and just thinking, we're never going to get this. This mm-hmm. is, are they going to be able to do it? And my wife definitely thought that. Um, I was, I was, I was lucky that I was able to teach, um, which was something I loved to do. And um, I worked at uh, Creighton's catering department at Sodexo okay. um, for a while while I did that. And, so I was I was able to be employed. So that was you know we had some and I could do some catering stuff. Um, so but yeah, it was gosh, it was such a relief. It was and then then the the process. What's been fun about this whole thing is that you know when I went into this, I had no idea you know what the food industry was like. I didn't know because I had never been really part. I knew I knew what you know the the restaurant industry was like, but I didn't know anything about the the retail the wholesale um food industry and so i've been able to learn so much and i was always you know there's i think there's so many times people in the food industry chefs in particular think that they know everything well if you know everything you can't learn anything Mm -hmm. so i've when i went to culinary school um it was after going, when I was 35, I went to the French Culinary Institute and w- did a walkthrough. I think I'd told you this before, but the first day of culinary school at most every culinary school in the country is egg day. And mm-hmm. egg day has nothing to do with cooking eggs. It has to do with heat management. So if you look at the pleats in a chef's hat, that's how many different ways there are to cook an egg. Mm-hmm. But so when I went through... Um, the French Culinary Institute. I was 35 years old, had an enormous ego, and thought I just knew everything because I, <laughs> I had cooked since I was four years old, and my grandma was a really good cook, my mom was a really good cook, so I, I knew how to cook 
and make things taste well, taste good, and I knew how to pair things, but I didn't know any of the terminology. I didn't know why I did the things I did. Mm -hmm. And that was when, so when I went to Le Cordon Bleu, I was, I was like, give me everything you got, fill me up. And so in the process of taking a product from conception to market, that's also how I've kind of looked at it is, let me learn as much as I can from everyone who I'm involved with because mm-hmm. I'm, I know, I mean, the food industry and the food, literally even the culinary world, there's no chef in the world that knows everything because of a, by virtue of where they live, the, the ingredients that they're able to work with. And I'll never even touch probably half of the ingredients in the world that I, you know, mm-hmm. won't ever be able to work with just be, by virtue of where I am. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been so much fun learning along the way. And people are like, you know, I think a lot of times they're, they're like, how have you not, you know, how have you endured through all of this, even with this COVID stuff? Um, and it's like, well, I get to, you know, I, always, I get to learn every single day that I do what I do mm-hmm. and, and enjoy and watch people have gigantic smiles on their face when I make them have waffles. We did an event this last weekend. I saw that on Instagram. Uh-huh. Just like outside the house, right? Yeah. So they they hired us to come do... Um, and usually we don't do events for less than 50 people. Uh-huh. Um, but because of this COVID stuff, you know, we're like, you know, we'll go out and if there's a group of people that we haven't, that have never had heavenly waffles, we want to get them into their mouths. Educate them. Right. Yep. Um, and so... We just set up in these this neighborhood's dr- woman's driveway, family's driveway, and set up three waffle irons and served them up. Did some fruit with a chiffonade mint and some sausage patties and and knocked it out. So I just I have to know, like <laughs> y- you know, you talked about like seeing the smile on people's faces. What is that like for you when someone shows up and they're like, "What what is this? What's a heavenly waffle?" And you explain right. it. And then they eat it, and you get to see that response. Like, what does that do for your soul? It's it's so gratifying. I mean, it's it's to see people excited about what you're doing. And we met a woman um, who works with a lot of professional athletes, mm-hmm. and she so and she's she is very healthy. Her husband's very healthy. Um, he was a former NHL player. Anyway. She was like, "This is this is an amazing product," and so we I have a meeting with her tomorrow. Oh wow! Um, and it's I mean it's just it's cool when because other when people try these, I see their the light bulb in their head go off like, "Oh my gosh, I've never had anything like this before," and that happens every time people bite into a heavenly waffle. Mm-hmm. You, you both did it. Right. That <laughs> it's is just crazy. like I did not expect that because uh-huh. that's not what because heavenly waffles are so much different than any other waffle on the, there is literally no waffle on the market like it. Mm-hmm. They're all basically a pancake mix in a waffle iron. Right. Even a true Belgian waffle where you whip the egg whites into a stiff peak and fold them fold them in or the Liège waffle that are just because it's a fancy name it's uh, you're just adding yeast to a waffle mix mm-hmm. and it takes 24 hours to rise and if in in the food service industry if you make enough waffle mix for 50 people and only 25 come in then you have to throw it away or if you make enough for 25 people and 50 people come in that want waffles you can't you're if you're made yeah. yeah i mean and it's the same with um the the whipping the egg whites into a stiff peak because 
after about 25 minutes or 30 minutes, the air that you whipped into the egg whites falls and you have to do it again. So with Heavenly Waffles, you save in waste, you save in labor. Mm -hmm. It's a healthier product. It's a better tasting product. It's a more versatile product. So one of these days. of versatility... I said that we would get back to this, and I am—I <laughs> promised you, and I'm a man of my word, so we're going to return. We're going to talk about, yes, it is a waffle product, but it is so much more versatile. So obviously, you can easily turn it into pancakes, you can turn it into crepes if you want to, but I've seen different recipes where people have done it for cornbread, for cobblers, for sponge cakes, for donuts. When you originally... You're going to get a we, cornbread waffle today. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when you conceived That's of funny this, you said that. Did, you, did you intend for it to be that versatile, or was that almost kind of like a happy mistake? It just, because it's not overly sweet, mm-hmm. um, it's really not sweet at all, to be honest. I mean, when I eat them just plain with nothing on them, it's like well, there isn't really a sweetness. There. It's more savory. Yeah. Um, I, it just was, it, it, we were lucky. I guess. I mean, it wasn't intended to be as versatile as it is. It just happens to be by virtue of its texture, its flavor, um, and its longevity. It just happens to be able, you're able to do so many different things with it. I'll do, um, I'll take garlic confit and oregano and blend it into the batter and then, um, put some fennel seed in and cook it off and do marinara with Italian sausage and a chiffonade basil. Oh, wow. Um, I'll do green chili and cilantro with some cumin and coriander and do beef and cheese or, or uh, barbacoa on top. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, it's, I can do a lemon dill with lox and caviar. I, can, I mean, there's... Possibilities I think you even said you tried using it as like a, a batter for frying. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. How'd that turn out? You can do apple frites. You can, I do I do deep fried artichoke hearts. We did. I had a food photographer, um, Julie Bohr, who's an amazing food photographer. Um, she came over a few days ago. She's done a bunch of the shots that you see on, mm-hmm. on Instagram, um, and we did. I think sixteen different oh, wow. variations. We nice. did um, ice cream cones. We did um, ice cream cone cups. Uh-huh. Or ice cream cup. So so basically, we took my wife got a, a waffle iron that does it's really flat. Mm-hmm. And so what you, what I did is I I cooked it for about a minute and a half, and I took it out, and then I put it inside of a bowl, and mm-hmm. then I took a smaller bowl and put that inside, and so it was like a cup, and it firmed up and put ice cream inside of that. And wow, it's it, uh, there's things, that, and what's cool about it is. So Eric Ricard, who's a chef at uh, Metro's Culinary School, he mm-hmm. was uh, he worked over at um, one of the casinos. He also helped open Bricks. Okay. He and I went to the same culinary school in Austin, um, and he has done scones. He's he's the one who did the um, cobbler. I think did you see that cobbler? Mm-hmm. He used to be at Kith and Kin. Oh, okay. He did peach cobbler and rhubarb cobbler with our mix. So what's fun for us? And what's exciting when chefs take our product and do something that I haven't thought of. Because in no stretch of the imagination do I think I'm this superstar chef. I just, mm-hmm. I don't. I cook really well. I went to a great culinary school, and I'm passionate about what I do. Um, there are much better chefs in the world than I am. Um, so it's, I would like to get it into as many chefs' hands as possible and have them do things with our product that I've never thought of. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think a lot of times chefs think that I, I, I want any glory for this. I would prefer they call it heavenly waffles just because it stimulates a conversation for, for their customers right. and it lets the, it differentiates them, but take our product and do something I've never thought of. Take credit for it. I don't want, I don't need, I don't need, it's not about me. It's about heavenly waffles. The mm-hmm. whole thing is about, you know, God was gracious enough to give me the gifts to be able to do what I do and bring heavenly waffles to the world. So, take it and run with it. That's what I kind of look at. Uh, There's something fascinating that we have discussed off the mics before that I want to kind of pick your brain on a little bit more and that pretty much, not everyone, but a large majority of the people who go to culinary school go there because they want to work in the restaurant industry, because they want to be a, you know, famous Food Network superstar chef someday. (laughs) Right. That was not the path that you took. You no. you went to culinary school because you wanted to learn like the chef's language. Right. So when you get in a room with you know these culinary experts, these people that you're potentially selling heavily heavenly waffles to, you can speak their language. Can you kind of tell me a little bit more about that strategy and how sure. you developed it? Yeah. So I, you know, like I said earlier, I knew how to cook, uh-huh. um, and I knew I knew some some technique i didn't know i didn't know the basics um uh oh gosh i'm trying to think of what the father of culinary is it'll come to me it escapes me right now um but going to culinary school enabled me to learn like i was telling you about the bechamel and and doing a two-hour bechamel as opposed to a 45-minute bechamel um letting the the onion PK steep and just knowing those particular, knowing certain terms, all of the chefs at the executive chefs in these corporate and uh, heads of R and D and um, heads of concept development, you know, they're really well-trained chefs. And so if I went in there, not having any idea what I was talking about, you, they, you could, they would be able to tell. You can't BS your way around. And so, when I go in and I explain different things, when I talk to them about, um, you know, the different things that I do with them and use the terminology that I use because I know what I'm talking about, they know. So it gives me credibility. And getting these meetings that we've had with some of the, I mean, some of the biggest restaurant chains in the world, um, I can't name them because we have confidentiality <laughs> yeah. agreements. Um, but the, some of the meetings that we've had and the companies that are interest, interested in our product right now, I would not have been able to get those meetings or been able to shine in those meetings without the education that I have. And so I, I totally understand um, chefs that you know, are, are self-taught or taught by their mom or their grandma or their, you know, their uncle or their whoever, um, and, and work their way up and learn things through, you know, doing stages all over the world. But I think culinary school, a good culinary school, a culinary school is only as good as their instructors. Um, but a, learning the basics and learning the fundamentals of, of culinary. It's like, uh, I think so many culinary students, um, they get done with culinary school and they think, I can be an executive chef now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no. It's like if you're a baseball player, you go to the rookie league. You don't you just don't right jump into the show. And so, and even when you've been in the minors, 
none of it matters. And when you get to the big leagues, your first at bat in the big leagues is your first at bat. Mm-hmm. All of that, all everything that led up to that was just a learning experience. And so that's what I think that's what culinary schools are really good for. Um, I, I do think that too many students watch entirely too much Food Network and think that they're going to be famous chefs. And if you aren't passionate about what you're doing, the culinary world's tough. I mean, you work on holidays, you work nights, you work weekends. Um, you don't get paid very much at all. Um, and so if you're not passionate about what you do, it's going to be a long, hard road. Um, there was there was a kid, <laughs> there was a kid in the culinary school that I was teaching at, and he came up to me for his first day. Literally, he was holding onto the knife, and his hand was shaking. And I'm like, "Oh, this is this is scary because uh-huh. knives are sharp." Um, so I had to. We were, you know, day one, you're learning knife skills, and so I had to pay really close attention to him. And so maybe the third day, he came up to me and he said, "Where, where? I don't know what we were doing. We were doing something with." <laughs> lemons and he goes where's the lemon juice I, I was like, it's, it's inside the lemon in the lemon <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for a green bottle mm-hmm. and so um i suggested maybe he might be in the wrong field mm-hmm. and it's not for everyone <laughs> no and, and no. some people like yourself it's not for a restaurant it no could be to make an incredible product and learn how to right sell it. right i mean i i the restaurant industry is so hard and it's, you know, I don't, it's, there's a lot of the employees that it's hard. It's, it's tough. I'll just say it's really hard and it's hard mm-hmm. to find good help. And even though you graduate from culinary school, doesn't mean, doesn't make you able to know flavors and seasoning mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And I think that's just, that's a God given talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can learn it, but you still don't, pairing things and like the things that I gave you this, you guys this morning, the, um, the exile of goldenrod, the curry and mm-hmm. nutmeg bechamel. I mean, people don't just th- throw that together. Well, it's like comparing me to LeBron James. I can shoot baskets for 10 hours a day and lift and practice and do everything. And I will never be one no. billionth of the basketball player. LeBron James is no. just some people are blessed with certain gifts. And right. That's, Right. That's how it is here. And I was really, really lucky. And I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm about 20% of the way. <laughs> well, <laughs> you'll keep getting there. So I, I need to ask you, because you've mentioned a couple times that you, you taught at Metro Community College, which is among, I would say, the best culinary programs in America. It's been recognized as The facility such. is. Yes. The, the facility itself is one of the best, the best, one of the best facilities in the country. So where does that kind of fit in with your whole career timeline? Because it seems like everything else is very focused on heavenly waffles. And that, just how does that fit into the heavenly, heavenly that waffles That was story? when, so when I was um, right out of Le Cordon Bleu, um, I moved back to reconnect with my now wife, who at one point was my girlfriend when we were 12, who I gave a ring to that she still has. Um, she and my bonus daughters now had moved, moved back to Omaha from Florida, mm-hmm. and I followed her back here, and um, I got an internship at Metro, 
Jim Trebian, who's the former dean, who is the guy who... I love Jim. Oh, Great guy. Amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. Um, he kind of... He created a, a position. I was like a graduate assistant, whereas there are TAs at Metro who are still students there, whereas I had already graduated, gotten you know done with culinary school for, per se. I was just doing my externship there. So I was basically like a rover... And I would go to different, go into, you know, there'd be two or three classes going on at the same time. And I would go in and help students. When I went to culinary school, there was, there were always two chefs. There was a lead and a second chef. Mm -hmm. And so I was like a second chef in all of those classes. And so um, when, after maybe two semesters of, no, the first semester of doing that, um, Jim called me into his office and said that, so at the end of each each class or each course or whatever, each 13-week cycle, there was, um, or nine-week, I guess they are, the students would fill out a form or a, an evaluation of the instructor. And so Jim said that he, is, he got so many, um, they, so many students said they learned more from me than the actual instructor that he was like, would you be willing to teach? Oh, wow. So um, I was like, and I had never thought about it before. And I was like, sure. So I was an uh, uh, adjunct instructor for five years. And then um, so all the while, I was working on converting the batter to a dry mix. Mm, and so this is that five-year period. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So um, right when pan crepes, once the conversion was done, I, I worked for about one more semester while we were working on the um, the box and mm -hmm. all of the, the marketing. artwork and stuff like that. And then once it was ready to go in, and we got into what was funny is we got into no frills was the first, um, chain that we got into. And so a guy who, um, had a relationship, he owns, has, uh, my brother-in-law's own, um, marathon, not marathon snack masters. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, um, the guy who, who's his part their partner has a relationship with no frills. And so we went into no frills before I even had the dry mix. So basically I made him the batter from the, I made him the recipe mm -hmm. and we got into no frills without a product. And so we walked out of the meeting. He goes, that is the first time I've ever sold nothing to someone. Wow. Because they had nothing, we had nothing to sell yet. Yeah. But yeah. I made him the recipe of the, what I was working on. And um, and he committed to putting pan crepes into no frills, and I was like, cool. So so we once we started getting into grocery stores, um, then I stopped teaching and started going from started doing it full time. Oh man! And but I would go to, you know, there's we were in 250 high V's and from Minneapolis to Houston, and we would go all over the place and do demos that's awesome <laughs> so it was lots of fun so as we wind down here i want to we've talked a lot about developing heavenly waffles and heavenly waffles past i want to look ahead to the future as sure well. so people can right now they can order it online you right. guys sell you've mentioned it's in many grocery stores uh if anyone Goes to the we car, don't, the we don't have them in grocery stores. So you can get them at... We're kind of trying to stay away from grocery stores until the second they hit the shelves, they fly off. Fair enough. So we're, our focus now is online sales, food service sales. We just got into Moran's. 
Oh um, yeah. Have you heard them? Heard them rants? Oh yeah. They do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm waiting for to for a waffle iron. To, I ordered it today for them. Um, Andrea, such a sweet lady. Mm-hmm. Um, Karma, Karma Coffee, Coffee right. on oh, 156th and Dodge. Go go in there. They serve them fresh daily, and you can also buy the dry mix. Um, made in Omaha, um, in Countryside Village, and then they're opening a new store. I think in the old market, mm-hmm. they sell our dry mix. Um, Grow Nebraska online. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think where else. And then we had them in um, the Mutual of Omaha building mm-hmm. until COVID. And when they shut down, we have them in um, Blue Cross Blue Shield Des Moines, Blue Cross Blue Shield Minneapolis, um, so- Gainesville, Florida, Branford, Florida, Scottsdale. Lots of places San- where people yeah, can get them. All over the place. So, and it's going to be. More and more, we, I'll, it'll be on, follow our Instagram page, and the more places, soon there'll be some national chains that are carrying them. Um, there's some other places that I, I can't, literally I can't say, but yeah. it's, it's, we're, we're poised to go crazy. I thought it was going to be in 2020. Um <laughs> 2020 is just the year 2020 that is just everyone wants kind to of, forget. Yeah, it's just, it's, it hasn't really... So your plans go to die. It's yeah, and so uh, the things that we had planned on in 2020 will still happen in 2021. But, yeah. Um. You know, we're we're boy, we should. Pro- I'm hoping that we get back into the corporate events because mm-hmm. we do have corporate events from anywhere from 50 to a thousand people. Um. And so we'll start doing that again, hopefully soon. And um, you know, it's. It's again. It's all just a learning experience. So when we when this COVID stuff happened, we weren't really focusing on our online sales, and I think the Lord was just kind of saying, "Okay, well, focus on the online yeah, check sales." Check this out. There's something here too. <laughs> Work on this so that when this is all over, you'll be a warm, more well-rounded company. So the pre-made frozen. Now those are going to be those are going to take us to a different level. Yeah. So definitely, that's really exciting. The lazier you can help people be, the more they will gravitate. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then, and with the with the heavenly waffle buns, I think there's a lot of if if you search waffles, there's a lot of places doing waffle sandwiches. Mm-hmm. However, waffle sandwiches with a waffle on top and a waffle on bottom, that's too much waffle. It's a lot of waffle. It's just too much. It's like it's too a lot much, of stuff. Yeah. yeah, and so doing what doing them the way we're doing, I think, is going to be really, uh, really unique and um, real marketable, very marketable. Yeah. So it, it is just so fun to hear the story about how far this has come in really such a short amount of time. Right. To hear you just your eyes just light up talking about <laughs> all the things that are coming in the future. So, yeah, uh, listeners, please go to go on Facebook, go on Instagram. Follow Heavenly Waffles and just stay up to date. Uh, try and get your hands on this product. Try it out. It's super easy to make. I've made these several times. I don't know what I'm doing in the kitchen. If I can do it, you can absolutely do it. And I highly encourage you to give we, it a try. We do offer free shipping into. So I I personally deliver. That's right. In, in Omaha, the Omaha area. So we offer free shipping and delivery. So if you go online and order online, I will deliver it. And we try to get them out within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. 
So you delivered my mix day of. I was like blown <laughs> away. I got a text from you, and you were like, "Yeah, I just left your waffle mix outside." And I, I was like, "I ordered this like two hours ago. What's going on?" But that's incredible customer service. That so. way, you know, we try to keep people happy. Yep. All right, this was a real pleasure, uh, Bob. Thank you so much for you coming are on the so show welcome today. anytime. All right, Omaha, heavenly waffles, heavenly waffles. <laughs> Thanks for eating with us, guys.